guys, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. We're here for episode four. I'm Chase, and I'm here with Lily. Hey, guys. And today we got a bunch of stuff for you. And we are having um just some drinks. No big you deal. You might say one, two, five, whatever. Actually, we haven't had five yet, but Who, we will. Who's counting? I'm not. I never do. So I'm actually currently drinking some Alpies from Lacumbre, and you are drinking the Elevated. Elevated. Yeah. Also from Lacumbre. Also from Lacumbre. I mean, trust me, they're not a sponsor, and oh. the views expressed in the show are not representative of anything that they care about. <laughs> I was actually waiting for you to say what what the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, it's happening. No. No, no what what today. No what what. All right, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so we have a few stories today. I think Chase has one for me again, and I'm really excited. I'm actually hoping this is becoming like uh, every time, but I'm... We've gotten some I'm serious thinking, positive feedback for yeah. my end of episode stuff, so I do have one today. I won't have one every episode, but I definitely do today. I'm super excited. Well, I'll definitely have one every day. And I'm not saying I'll always have multiple, because today's actually only one. It's a fairly intense, um, or it's a fairly... Uh, long one i should say i think it like holds its own well that's good yeah well before we get started we should make sure we mention to people that oh yeah, yeah however yeah. they've been listening to us we are now available on a lot of different services now including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify, spotify. is my fave and we got youtube and captivate and if there's any service that like you guys think yeah, like, like if there's anything that you just let us know. Um, basically, only our friends are listening, so just text me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll try to figure this out. Um, and if you're not our friend and you're listening, you are now actually our friend. You are um, our friend. Oh, you know what? We do have an email address for our fans if they want to have any suggestions. Uh, it's hotwpodcast at gmail.com. That's our... Um, it's short for hair of the world, obviously. Right, it's just our... our Easy initials. to remember. So, yeah, feel free to email us or send us things that you might want to... Want us to mention, or I don't know. I, I still haven't figured out what the use for it is, but now you have it. Well, before I get too far into this drink, you gotta scare me. Oh, I'm gonna scare you. I think this one, um, you know, like last time, it was more a physicality, an entrapment of what you felt fear for, because you know you're claustrophobic. Yeah, exactly. This time, it's a little different. It kind of deals with your psyche in a way like it's your um mental health really that is being disturbed in this in this story so so you would say dread dread a little bit let me just tell you we're not just talking about that awesome movie (laughs) (laughs) not judge dread (laughs) yeah well no the movie was dread the judge dread movie was almost terrible yeah he didn't even wear his helmet what a loser (laughs) okay so the uh story that i have for today is called the hum the hum the hum I've kind of discussed this with you before, but I have I didn't give you a lot of details or anything like that, so I'm hoping you're going to get a lot more freaked out about what's going on with this phenomena. All right, well, I'm excited. Yeah, so let me give you a description of the hum itself. There is a quote from a website called thehum.info, which is where I got it. I'm going to go ahead and just read it because I feel like it was just written well enough to where I was kind of like, ugh, that sounds awful. Let's All see. Right. So, quote... An unusual, unidentified, low-frequency sound that scientists now call the worldwide hum. The classic description is that the hum sounds like a car or a truck engine idling outside your home or down the block. Some people describe it as low rumbling or droning sounds. It is typically perceived louder at night than during the day and louder indoors than outdoors. The sound can usually be masked by background noises such as fans or keeping the radio on. 
We estimate that 2 to 4% of the global population can experience this phenomenon under certain conditions, end quote. So, so the way they were describing it, is it kind of like a distant hum? They said it was stronger indoors, but it kind of, you said like a car idling outside. So like, does it always sound distant or does it can it also sound like right around you? So a lot of people, I think the most common from when I was reading people's experiences and stories, they do often say that it feels like it's distant. So they they can't quite pinpoint which direction either. Yeah, so they can't escape the sound. They but can't it, escape it. But it does, okay. And okay. it does uh, amplify, I guess, if you are indoors and there's even other certain circumstances as well, which I'll get well, into deeper. Well, so far, I mean, I know we haven't gotten to the scary stuff yet, but the idea of a hum that like never goes away it's already upsetting. It's so, very upsetting. So, uh, I'm always waiting for it to hear it. I'm like, oh my God, did I hear it? It's like, oh no, there really is a truck outside. Oh, thank God. Um, so the hum, let me, just more description of it. So the hum typically peaks around 30 to 40 hertz. It is. Uh, it does vary between uh, locations and some report hearing it up to 80 hertz. So it really depends on where you are, I guess, like what the frequency is going to be. And in addition to that, I don't know if you know what those numbers uh mean to you oh the hertz yeah 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 i can i can yeah so i just specifically because i wanted to know 30 because it's such a low Mm -hmm. rumble and i went on youtube and i and i listened to it and oh my god my i was actually almost starting to get a headache i'm like nope i can't it's pretty awful sound it's an awful awful sound for me anyway i'm pretty sensitive to sound so i think Maybe for you, you'd be like, wow, it does sound like just something outside. And for me, I'm like, I think my nose is going to start bleeding or something because I'm just so disturbed by it. Um, So these sounds, the way we know is because people who are um, affected by the hum will describe it and then people will try to replicate it, you know, just artificially for them to see like, is this what it sounds like? Yeah, they're simulating it. Right, they're simulating. And although a lot of people can say, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. And even some people say, no, literally, it just sounds like a car outside. I can't tell you it's just like the exact same sound. But then there's a pretty good chunk of people who say it can't be replicated, no matter how many like these sound texts. They just can't pinpoint it It's not the same exact. So it's even eerier, I think, because it's such a sound that no matter how well you are at sound mixing or, or trying to manipulate sound, you know, from the technology that we have, and it's still not quite But let's right. let's also be fair. These could be the same kind of people that say, like, the pizza where they grew up is the best pizza ever and you can't replicate it. It doesn't matter if it's, like, New York or Chicago or wherever. Like, like you can't remake this pizza. But it's you impossible. can, though, by multiple restaurants. So I feel like the materials are there. You just have to use them. Or well, the no, style. But, but that's the thing. Of course you can replicate them. I'm just saying they could be those people who just, they won't believe it. I, like, maybe. the only way it's, like, you could actually play them the exact sound and maybe they don't. sound. They're not enthusiasts. They just want you to, they want you to know what it sounds like. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so you know it is what I mean? a It's different. not like they're elitist and they're, like, you know, just in their mind, just thinking because it's home, it feels and tastes differently. I was just picturing some guy, like, on his phone, and he's like, is this the sound? And the guy on the cell phone's like, nope, it's not it. Nah, you just, you just can't do it, buddy. <laughs> you just can't do it, and I'm insane. <laughs> um, so, other uh, facts here. Okay, so speaking of which, um, when you had mentioned that, you know, like, why, like, can is it more distant that they hear it? Or is it like, you know, exactly. what's going yeah, on? Yeah. So some people actually claim that these sounds become louder at night and when they are indoors. Some cases even report it being the strongest in the early morning when it's cold outside 
with a light breeze. So I'm and, a little and they're, confused. And they're confident they're not hearing the breeze against their house or something like no, that. No, well, no, because it's um, again like this this low rumbling kind of mm. sound that I feel like I've never heard from wind. See, at first, like when you said at night, I was like, well, that makes sense because when people are trying to go to bed, they become very aware of sounds. But yeah. if it's in the morning, that. I'm assuming, and it's I when mean, like, like early dawn, so it's still yeah. kind of night. And but maybe I mean, that's but they're what... out and about, and they're not like, okay, so that's interesting. Or, but they're still in their house. Usually. And it could also explain that you know the rest of the world hasn't like fully woken up yet, so you don't have a lot of traffic and other noises that might dull it out. Exactly. So you can it, everything's quiet enough that you can actually hear it. Yeah, basically. Um, so the locations and where these uh, where the hum is located. Well, that same website that I got that quote earlier, it's a, it shows a map and it tells you basically where these cases have been documented. Sure. So they're trying to really pinpoint in a kind of... Oh, please tell me we've been to one of these places. Well, I'm going to show you right now a map that I printed. <laughs> all right. So let me let me just tell all you guys out there listening, looking at this, it's a world map. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> most of you have been to these places because it's everywhere. <laughs> Um, the only places it's not is like Antarctica and most of Africa, Russia. like Greenland and Russia and Sm- I, a lot of China, too. Yeah, I would assume that it might not be that they're not hearing it there. It could just be the reporting is minimal. We have, yeah. yeah, we just don't have reporting from there yet. Um, and maybe it is reported, but we, you know, we're not fluent in Chinese or the dialect, so we're not reading their websites that give out information yeah or they're not really willing to go into this website and write it in english yeah but there's so. definite hot spots around england seems to be particularly clustered and the new england area yeah wow it's it's, it's everywhere, everywhere. Hey, even hawaii too that's great maybe that rumbles a volcano yeah the, <laughs> the good old hawaiians they're hearing it too unfortunately um so i wanted to show you that because uh what a lot of what I'm going to talk about later is the theories behind them. Okay. So I think, you know, it's important to understand the location so that way you can, like, sure um, make up your mind if they're true or not. So other facts about this is that, like I said, um, in these in the map, it at first sight looks like it's kind of all over the place, especially like in heavy populated areas. Mm-hmm. But you also notice that some places that are heavy populated when once you zoom in uh, into the map itself, because right now you're just seeing like clusters sure. and you can't really tell um specific regions it's just telling you like this giant dot it's all over um yeah. the united states or whatever but you're like wow they're not all big cities and even big cities sometimes don't even have reporting so you're kind of thinking maybe it's not like industrial noises or something yeah, so we'll go into that a little deeper um the uh the victims themselves they can be both male and female the reports in which they are recorded showing that it doesn't actually matter. So okay. that's not a factor that they consider. It's a gender non-specific. Basically. And, um, but however, the range of age does matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the people who are experiencing it the most are- Tell pe- me older. People between 55 and 70. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're more likely to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the sound itself as well, they, people have reported feeling dizzy and nauseous. So they are very affected, and I felt that in my soul because when I heard the the YouTube video, I'm like, you felt, "Yup, you felt it." I'm like, "Oh man, if I had to hear this for longer than a minute, because I I only heard it for seconds, 
and I'm like, oh God, I feel sick. Like, and I kept trying to do this thing. Like I was trying to pop my ears uh-huh. because it just felt like consumed. And I'm like, get this off of me. <laughs> you wanted to get it out of your get ears. Get it out of me. <laughs> Ugh, it's awful. Um, so there's also, um, just so because of this and like how I felt, I have another quote, a kind of like little short Sure. Uh, something direct from an article. It's from the New Republic, written by Colin Dickey in 2016. He says, quote, Dismissed by governments and mainstream researchers, hum sufferers become demoralized, dis- uh, despondent. In such isolation, the discourse festers, breeding conspiracy theories and kooks. On a Facebook page for hum sufferers, one rambling post describes advanced satellite technology is being used as a brutal torture instrument by transmitting sounds, voices, and images directly into the brain, creating numerous pains and sensations throughout the body and significantly altering energy levels and emotional states. Uh, The post goes on to name several people who have been targeted by this technology, including Miriam Carey, the dental hygienist who drove through a White House checkpoint in 2013, setting off a high-speed chase that led her to her death and Aaron Alexis, the civilian contractor who, on September 16, 2013, entered the Washington, D.C. Navy Yard and killed 12 people before dying in a firefight with police. Alexis has become, for some, proof that the hum is not merely an annoyance but a massive government conspiracy. In a message later recovered by authorities from his computer, Alexis wrote that ultra-low-frequency attack is what I've been subjected to for the last three months, and to be perfectly honest, that is what has driven me to this. So it wasn't the voices in her head that made her do it. It was just the infernal din. Yeah. So, uh, or Aaron Alexis, I'm assuming it's a guy, but I don't know. Maybe oh, not. well, yeah. I, I, I didn't, just I, I never even heard of the original story. So that was yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, it definitely sounds like conspiracy theory stuff. It does. Um, but the link is still there. So these are people who are hearing the hum and they're in a way driven by um, some sort of insanity and for them to really well, yeah, no, um, I, hold on to something that might explain it because no one is helping these people. No, exactly. No, it definitely sounds like there was something that was bothering them. Yeah. And the question is, is it because they're actually hearing something or is something else going on and thinking you're hearing something is a side effect or or, or a symptom? Don't know. Not, still very interested. Still very unsure. Tell me more. Tell I me more. I shall tell you more. Um, so one of the bigger cases that, that has surfaced in around the world like whenever people google this is one of the first places that comes up and it happens to be taos in new mexico oh represent taos (laughs) represent something horrible i love taos so (laughs) tell Uh, me something bad (laughs) yes something real bad so the cases of the hum in taos began in the early 1990s it is estimated that around two percent of the population could hear the hum some how much how much about two percent that's not insignificant. No, not at all. Like, I think I... I We're not talking like three guys out on a I farm think they have it. like 5,700 something like that population. And so of that, it's like, what, 120? Depending on like what the number are, but... Well, and since you said this is the early 90s, this would have been before the high prevalence of cell towers. Now, I don't believe cell towers are an issue, but... It is definitely a common thing nowadays for people oh, yeah. to blame cell towers for a lot of things. So I think it being in the early 90s, it's relevant to note that cell towers would have been few and far between because mm-hmm. cell phones were pretty uncommon. They Very existed, uncommon. And I think but in uncommon. particular in Taos um, at the time as well. Yeah. So that was kind of something that was going on. And initially when they were started hearing the, this, they were actually getting very frightened by the sound because it was so really? sudden. Yeah. 
you can hear so like, wait, like, a lot of reports. So you said so sudden, like it came out of nowhere, like all of a sudden one day it like clicked. All on. of a sudden one day, like someone Ooh. would start hearing it. Yeah, and so and it was often in the early morning, and some people have described it as some somehow like unearthly, like something very loud and distant and just like um, menacing and, and looming. So interesting. Yeah, and they thought like, what's going on? Like, are there some sort of tests going on that we're not aware of? You know, these are residents that live there, and they need their peace. So uh, what happened is that they actually initially thought that it was a nearby factory that functioned most of the day, but what they noticed is that the times reported in which the hum was the most prevalent, yeah. the factory wasn't even functioning. So no one was there. Well, it wasn't active. It wasn't active. It, it, yeah, yeah, active. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so it wasn't one of those factories that was like all the time. Um, so yeah, and it's just very, very interesting. So it actually, I think the reason why it also became such a big media frenzy is because of the media. Like some people were actually getting the story out there um, to the point where in 1993, experts from UNM, Sandia Labs, Los Alamos Labs, and Phillips Air Force Laboratories formed a team to investigate this phenomenon. Okay, so, so now I'm getting really excited <laughs> because it no longer sounds like just kind of like random conspiracy theory. I mean, we're getting real scientists from real laboratories. This is really like, happening. He's a real... Yeah. I mean, we're talking like skilled scientific method is probably and being using, used effectively uh, the and best, accurately. They're using the best technology they have with um, sound frequency and uh, capturing, especially like I think, you know, when this kind of um, equipment would have probably been originally used for maybe earthquakes and, and low rumblings and just those kinds of... Like seismographs. Seism- like yeah, exactly. Uh, so seismic waves and stuff. So, Yeah. Tell me what they found. I just gotta know. There was like an interview uh, when this was occurring. They actually interviewed a lot of, they called them hearers, like people that hear it. Oh, (laughs) that's a really terrible thing. I don't like, I don't even like saying hearers. That sounds awful. You don't want to call them hummers either. I don't want to call them hummers. But yeah, so they called them hearers and they were interviewing them, uh, trying to capture and trying to, uh, first of all, understand what they were trying to capture. So that's why they were interviewing. Can you tell me what it is? So that way we can um, isolate this this frequency and as as much as they tried harder they went to different locations they went uh next to bigger factories or or stores or like hot spots that would regenerate a lot of sound they went uh to places that were in higher lower elevation i mean they did what they could and they couldn't capture anything that's crazy yeah and it's so it's just kind of like i think fueling this kind of mentality that are they crazy so now you got like the hearers and the non-hearers you know what i mean you're just kind of going back and forth of what's going on because you're the people who are trying to help them can't hear it. And unfortunately, these people who are doing the tests are from government-run right. laboratories. So I'm sure I'm sure the conspiracy nuts are just they're like... They're like, of course they wouldn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, lying because it's there. They're just trying to make you guys feel like you're the weird ones. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, we'll humor you. And they'll just send their like, assistants. I'll be like, I'm sure. Um, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. We're not even scientists. Um so here are the theories I think I'm going to go into because uh, although they can't quite grasp what it was that they had. Sure. But yeah. So the mechanical devices, as we kind of a little bit touched, since many had described it to be like diesel engines, most people just went ahead and assumed that it has to be mechanical then. Mm-hmm, like it has to be mm-hmm. some sort of machinery that is causing these frequencies and disturbances. Yeah. Um, that's and, reasonable. Exactly. So one of the examples that they were like trying to isolate in uh, Kokomo, Indiana, there is a cooling tower and an air compressor intake at a large factory that many people believed that was generating these 
these sounds. So they went ahead and, and, and decided, okay, there's enough people complaining and they're, and you know, it's just loud. A lot of people can hear it in general, but people who are hearing the hum were the biggest complainers because it was con- consuming. Whereas other people that might've just heard the factory that have been like, eh, it's just noise, background noise, you know, like traffic or something. So in the end, they just decided to do something about it. And they updated the machinery because I guess they didn't have a lot of the, um, what people would use if they were going to build a new uh, factory and use big machinery, they have better silencers, like things to like uh, mute their sounds instead of having these old kind of methods or whatever. So they did that and they captured the frequency and they tried to take it down to uh, the noise level to what is, I guess, appropriate. And And they did. They like measured it. They're like, okay, it's not generating as much noise as it was before, but the people who were hearing the hum were saying it's just as loud. Nothing so not, they no, noticed so no they were, difference. Right. They were able to measure the sound that was coming out of the factory now and saying, no, 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 it's 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 quieter. But the people who are hearing the hum and saying, no, 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 it's not the factory or it's not like these machines. It's yeah. something else. So you got two sides here. And um, from what they understand, it did not solve the problem for them. Now, alternatively, in Windsor, Ontario, which is in Canada, uh, the residents were experiencing or or uh, often saying that there's a lot of noise, hums, like it sounds like a machinery. Sure. And so they kind of went in there and they figured, oh, there's this, um, they call it Zug Island. It's just like where this giant operation or I, I, I forgot what it was, but there's like this ginormous industrial thing that lives yeah. there that generates. So anyway... It's in Detroit, so that's like right next to her. They're touching each other, basically. Oh, well, I think they're across water. Well, like you can see oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, from each you can other. see yeah. them. And there's water, and then Zug Island is part of Detroit, but they only call it "quote unquote" an island because a river sure goes around it. So it's not really like far or anything. But anyway, at first they were like, "Oh, you know, the, you have reports of people," but they weren't actually doing anything about it. This is just like reports that people have had, and they've kind of noted and said, oh, "Okay, people in Windsor are experiencing the hum." Well, in 2020, April, so this year, they actually uh, ceased operation on Zug Island. So the factory shut down and the report stopped. So it was, in fact, the factory. So, it, but like but, the reports only from Ontario stopped. Right. So the residents from specifically Windsor, it looks like. That's what the article gave me. And okay, so, so, so this, of, this is an example where it actually, they were able right. to find out it was So I'm trying to give you like... Other examples, so you're like, okay, not trying to minimize the validity of people who actually hear it. However, there are instances where people might have been like, there's just a lot of noise, sure. and I do hear something. But maybe again, this is like just kind of pointing out that there's very little research or yeah. um, observation being done that's being or collected data yeah. to be able to, at the very least, distinguish between factory noises and the hum, and to sure. ensure that the reports are more accurate. Okay. So the map that we're seeing here, again, could very much be flawed. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, so that's just one. One theory. Another one is tinnitus. Well, so that was one that I thought of as, you know, some sort of forming ear issue. Um, yeah, I know you have it, right? Like you get it every once in a while. I'm not really I, I, sure. I don't know if Maybe you would you describe it as tinnitus. Maybe it is. I don't know the specifics of it, but every now and then I will all of a sudden hear kind of like, 
a high-pitched screech in right. my ear, and it'll last a long time, and then it goes away. Right, and and for those who don't know what it is, uh, tinnitus occurs when you're, you just get damage in your ears. And doesn't the damage make it seem like it's constantly and you gotta, acting like there's sound, even exactly. though there is no sound? There's a constant, people have described more, most often the ringing sound, but I guess other people have said clicking, buzzing, hissing, or even roaring. That one sucks. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I hear, I hear T-Rexes ever since that concert. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, oh, well, I'd be terrified all the time. Like, oh, my God. There's a goddamn monster. Um, Yeah, so there's... Well, okay, okay. So so before you go to all those okay. other reasons, okay. I have two questions. And if they're answered in the other explanations, please, like, just tell me and I'll wait for them. But I just got to ask these questions before I forget about them. One, did any of these people who hear the hum, have we tried doing, like... Uh, some way to block out sound, you know. That sim- is coming up. That one's coming up. Okay, cool. Because like literally like- in a second here. So the other question that I have, and if just for an example, let's take the people from Taos. If you have these people in Taos, and like let's say you take them out of Taos, like you bring them even out of ah. New Mexico, and you bring them to like I don't know California or Alaska, it doesn't matter to me. Do they still hear it? So I think I'm going to talk about that. Um, eventually, or okay, maybe. okay, no, I'm down to, I'm down to. But I just want to make what? sure I asked him before I forgot. You know, what? I can just tell you right now, uh, and then if it pops up, I'll just whatever. But yeah, so here's the thing: some people have reported that it follows them everywhere. Okay, so they hear it all the time. Some people say they can leave. So in in particular, in Taos, there were people who reported. They said, if I drive far away from it, I'll stop hearing it. But they have to go really far. But they, they got to be luckier than the people who can't get away from it because you can just be like, if this sound is intolerable, it may not be fun, but just move. Yeah. And so it really raises a question to me like, OK, so what's going on here? People are sensitive to it. They'll hear it. Now, are there people who are more sensitive that'll hear it all the time, but it'll, it'll change, you know, how loud it is. Yeah, sure. And the place that they originally heard it, like, for example, Taos, it's just a larger place that is resonating or, you know that is emitting these sounds just yeah, at a yeah. higher um, frequency or maybe just like where everyone can hear it if you're going to hear it. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Again, I can't. It makes it more interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like that the the different people who suffer from it can't agree because it, it not only suggests that there's a chance that these people are actually suffering from different mm-hmm. issues. It's not. They usually agree. But the thing is that there's sometimes different like there's just additives to some of them. For example, they all agree it's like a low rumble. They all agree that it can sometimes feel like stronger yeah. at night. And then some will say, I can't get away from it. And then but, so it just kind of makes it exciting right. to me because if you come up with a, a possible explanation, the more people disagree on stuff, the likelihood of that being an explanation for everyone slims down. And that makes it more intriguing to me. Like I want to know more about it because if you just like mm-hmm. like when you mentioned earlier the factory on the island when it shut down the noise away it's so convenient that the factory mm-hmm. shuts down it went away i mean that's cool i'm very glad for the people not suffering anymore but you're like oh it's just the factory and then you never think about it again it stops being interesting mm-hmm. so i like it when it's complicated yeah yeah i think it's got a lot of things going on for it and again like with the tinnitus um because of the fact that environment seems to affect it yeah then it's not internal like, it's not you. It's not your damaged ears because that's, that wouldn't change. Like, I could literally be inside or outside my house and the tinnitus would more or less exactly. be the same. Now, I understand that tinnitus can be, quote unquote, canceled out by, I think some people have said that 
yeah, sometimes I can even zone it out. Like it's not as severe. So well, I, and I've I've talked to some people with tinnitus that uh, certain kinds of like music or repetitive sounds, will but they can't be super out. loud, but they have to be loud enough. There's ways. To, yeah, to so get I understand that maybe if you're outside, oh, there's like traffic sounds, then sure. maybe you won't hear it as much. But that's not really what they're saying here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not the same thing. And uh, in fact, there have been uh, claims that some people have. Oh, wait, yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> right there in front of you. Hello. So to answer your question, yeah. And there's actually some people that have tried soundproofing their rooms. Mm. So in the best way that they can, and the hum becomes even louder. Oh no! Yeah. So okay. Like, okay. So. So no, you're like, is it internal? Because is it you? Yeah, because that also makes sense. Because so we have to do like a little level of sound. It's not soundproofing, but it's like sound dampening in when we do these podcast recordings. So we have these like foam things around, and I become everything becomes really quiet, and I become much more aware of sounds. I agree. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what's happening. That could be a factor. However. Ever. There are f- ways of testing tinnitus and, you know, mm-hmm. just checking your hearing and, and everything. And, and I hope at least some of this 2% did it. And they did. So a lot of people who were experiencing it were thinking, you, yeah. it's probably just tinnitus that you're thinking. Well, a lot of them just have perfect hearing. They don't have any issues whatsoever. There's no evidence of um, hearing damage. Insofar as that we can test. That they can test. Yeah. yeah so, sure. and I mean, in the way that they can And, you know, like find out, oh, yeah, you have tinnitus. But have we put any of these guys or girls, you know, because we found out it was gender nonspecific. But um, have we put any of these people in like a professional sensory deprivation chamber? You know, I'm not sure. Because that that's going to be very interesting to me. I just want to hear what they have to say, because those things tend to be so uh, well insulated and everything. They block out all manner of things. And usually the ones that I've seen, at least, I would hope so, but have I water feel like in them, the which s- changes everything, too. Yeah, so that's another thing, and I think this is going to come up in a bit. So we're canceling. We're saying probably not tonight, so just based on uh, a lot of the things. It like definitely wouldn't people, explain everybody. And there's no way wouldn't. 2% of, like, if we're just talking about Taos with the 2%, there's no way 2% of the population has tinnitus. It's just not, that's not happening. I, I don't know. I don't know what the percentage or like what, what people have. I think tinnitus is actually pretty common. I hear people ha- say they have it all the time. But for 2% of the people to have tinnitus, okay, so let's just say not just tinnitus. So you're right. I don't know the st- statistics and I should pretend I do because I don't. But let's just say that more than 2% has tinnitus and all of these people are in that. But to have tinnitus and also have this exact symptom. Because like you said earlier, when people have tinnitus, sometimes they hear cracks, pops, other things. So it manifests in a lot of different ways. So I do think it's reasonable to suggest that if 2% of the population has tinnitus, that it manifests then you can start maybe You can maybe like start shaving down some of yeah, that 2% it, and saying maybe some of them is just tinnitus. And then maybe some of them is just this. I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe you can whittle it down. But there's still enough people. And most of the time when they're giving these details, it never does quite fit anyway. Perfect. So anyway... Uh, there's also something called spontaneous, hold on, spontaneous autoacoustic. It's O-T-O, it's Odo. Odo, not auto, okay. Well, it's not A-O, or A-U, you know, like an automobile. I think it's autoacoustic emission, and it evoked autoacoustic emission. So, these are also internal sounds that occur in your ear. About 38 to 60% of adults will hear it at one point or another, and these sounds are often described as buzzing, like insects ringing or faint hissing. Interesting. So a lot of times it can be confused as tinnitus. And I can actually do this. I can invoke it. 
So it's kind of like, I don't know, sometimes you can hear it when you do a weird yawn. Yeah. It's like this kind of, I don't know, like a hum or buzzing in your ear that I do. I can also, at will, like if I do it right now, I can do it. Sure. Like I just did it. You know what I mean? It kind of hurts, but it kind of... When I was a kid, I used to do it all the time because it was just so weird to me. And I'm like... Well, and that's what kids do. Yeah. You're just like, what is that? I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> until mean, it hurts my head. When you're a kid, you're like, parents tell you, don't look at the sun. And you're like, man, I shouldn't look at the sun. I'll go blind. But oh my God. For some I totally reason, did just, when I was a kid. I know. You just stop and you're just like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out for just a second. Well, you have to. You're like, hold on. Oh, shit. That hurt. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't see nothing but like the sun and then every time you freak out and you want to like... tell your mom but not really because <laughs> mom, <laughs> mom i'm blind i'm blind because i'm an idiot because you told me not to do it and i did it anyway don't hit me okay <laughs> <laughs> don't chunkle me don't chunkle i can't see it coming <laughs> <laughs> can't dodge that chunkla. i can't dodge it um <laughs> all right <laughs> Alright, keep rolling. Um so yeah, uh the so this this thing and I think this is what they're talking about. If not, then I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my ear. But I'm assuming this is what they're talking about because I can do it as well. And so when it's spontaneous, a lot of times it's because it's again hearing damage. So now you're not really controlling it. Um and to be honest, I don't know if every time I'm doing it sure. I'm doing something. But it's it has to do with your hairs in your ears. So they're vibrating. So I can go into it, but I'm pretty sure I mean, I didn't even want to read about it, so I'm not going to tell you about it. But that's basically what's happening. I, I want the experts to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give me the good stuff. Yeah. I, I like... I, the yeah. cliff notes. Um, yeah. So, again, that's another reason. So, they're just kind of talking about, like, okay, so at this point, well, let's just talk about the hearing damage. Sure. You know what I mean? So, in a whole, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Because that's very easy to distinguish. And, pe- and besides... Um, people usually know when it's internal. I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's obvious, maybe not. I don't know. It definitely seems to be more ambivalent. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So on to the next one. It's called jet streams. Do you know what those are? You mean in like the airplane jet streams? Well, not not in. Or do you mean they like they just call them jet streams? Do you mean the not- level of the atmosphere called the jet stream, as opposed to like the? Uh- so they're fast flowing currents. That often flow west to east. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they're, yeah. But they can vary in direction depending on temperature and atmospheric pressure. And the, I guess the change in these winds uh, has often been theorized that it can cause people to hear the change of atmosphere, like the frequency. Like it might make an actual sound for some people. So you're saying they're, they have mutant superpowers? <laughs> I, they're that's just a, crappy superpowers? Listen, it was on the list of theories, okay? I'm just telling you. Um. <laughs> I got a superpower, and it's slowly ruining my life. Sweet. My next bullet was literally, however, this theory is quickly dismissed. <laughs> okay. Great. So it's just like one of those things, but I think it's it's actually a very interesting read. I had no idea what a jet stream was, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? But aside from just the fact that, aside from mutant ears, the patterns and where they're located is not always necessarily where the map is showing you here as well on the gotcha. website. Yeah. So also again, you're like, well, they're not these jet streams aren't happening. There's everywhere. no consistent correlation. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I tried comparing them as as well as and best as I could on the very little knowledge of atmosphere pressure well, me, that I me, haven't. Let me just say, I'm glad that this one was pretty much debunked because this would be the worst X Men ever. <laughs> I can hear a hum. Oh, man. We're going to save the world by listening to the jet streams. To the jet streams. Um, another one that people... And I think a lot of these theories, like especially like the jet stream and stuff, are people yeah. who are just like tired of hearing this. And they're like, it's probably just jet streams. Or like, it's probably just, like the next one, animals. 
So this one. <laughs> it's just animals. It's just, oh, you're probably just hearing some animals. It's just a bear outside. Yeah. <laughs> of everybody's home. <laughs> oh my God, that's a lot of bears in, in Florida and Hawaii. <laughs> There's got to be bears in Florida. You Maybe know? in Florida, for Hawaii. You know the, no the, way. the bears that that wrestle the uh, alligators. Oh yes. Or is it crocodiles? I always get those two confused. I don't know. The ones with the big teeth. Yeah, I actually hope there's no bears in Florida because I don't think there it would, are. It would make no I'm sense like, for if them there to are, be there. Maybe in the zoo. Because I don't even think there's woods in Florida. There's swamps. <laughs> yeah, it's swamps everywhere. <laughs> bears are pissed. They're like, what the hell? They're drowning. <laughs> Can't make it swim well. Um. Anyway. So, yeah, animals. And there's a fish called the midship, midshipman fish, a.k.a. the toadfish, found in California. And now their mating calls are short grunts and last for milliseconds. However, they do this, these short grunts in uh, succession that can last up to an hour. And I guess, like, the frequency, like, there was this one time, I guess, that people have been woken up from sleeping because the sound can uh, be very disturbing. The vibration of the midship fish can cause the internal hairs of the human ear to vibrate, too. So then, like, <laughs> this is, like, okay, what I'm I having a hard time Listen, buying this. So, like, you're just hearing fish? No, I read, like... This doesn't explain I started reading. I started reading their freaking mating. <laughs> like, I went into this... I went deep in the hole of, like, what the mating rituals of these fish are. So now I know actually quite a bit of it. But anyway, the, the what I was able to gather and, like, the important part is that they do have a very, very low rumbling frequency that can cause what your house even... Like, if there's just, like, a big concentration of them okay to like vibrate i'm like what so the hell how many so people who who like lived in in uh houseboats mm-hmm. and things like that those are the people that are experiencing it which again okay this is isolation this is not part of the map like it's in getting house, specific i'm people. not gonna yeah, have like, this issue it's like unless these fish really like it on in desert sands i don't think it's them exactly and then going off with animals people are like they're probably just wasps bees Cicadas. So they're just kind of throwing things at them. Okay, okay. So that might sound crazy. The cicadas cicada, kind of get. I was gonna say the cicada one doesn't throw me off that much. Man, those are loud. But it doesn't get louder when you get in your house. And it's a very pleasant sound. And but I don't think it could be cicadas because only for the fact that cicadas have a rhythm. Yeah, it's a very noticeable rhythm. Whereas it sounds like this hum is almost like a consistent sound. Yeah. It, like, and it's like a year hand, round, and cicadas are not. Of a, yeah, instead of like a hand, hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the worst cicada impression ever, by the way. Cicadas are really offended right now. I actually really like cicadas. I'm a big fan. I love the way they sound. Um, I mean, they look kind of ugly when you see them up close, but I think they're really cool. They're really gross. They feel like summer to me, so I really like them. Yeah. I mean, I used to hate it. Like, I don't remember cicadas in California, but when we moved here and I heard them, I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I was just super upset about it. I just think it, I, it. Nothing makes me feel more like like some people that hear now crickets at night it, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, summer." To me, it's hearing cicadas. Yeah. Now I'm used to it. I'm like, it's fine now. But yeah. So cicadas is also an option. But again, those are regional and they're not everywhere. Like I don't, I don't know if they exist in certain places. But sure. Um, other ones like you had talked about. You actually mentioned it, and I was like, dang it. Uh, the the geo uh, geological occurrences like a volcano. Well, what if they're hearing like tectonic uh, movements and and that's another stuff. thing like they say there was a case where there was like a birth of a volcano um i did not write it down where it was but anyway uh that did emit and it was be able to be recorded and capture some sound but it was such a low frequency that it would it doesn't match the 30 to 60 
uh, hurts that was replicated for human ears. Do you know what I mean? Like when people were like, that's it. That's what I hear. They're like, wow, that's really loud. Um, a really loud rumbling that I, why can't I hear it? Whereas these, like the, uh, like you said, volcanoes and stuff mm. are so low and that wouldn't pick up and it doesn't even sound the same. Like it, it, they're just like minor, minor disturbances. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea that maybe they're hearing tectonic movements. That would be cool, but also really awful. But it kind of makes sense. Like, I have no science to back this up. But, I mean, we know there's always tectonic movement. There's always tectonic activity. I Mm -hmm. mean, and so you could never stop it. Well, sometimes you feel it hard. But Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's these earthquake things. things. And New Mexico's full of volcanoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of them are supposed to be, like, they say extinct, but volcanoes never go extinct. They just go dormant for... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe because Taos, there's a lot of mountains in the area. I mean, a lot yeah, of skiing and everything. Yeah. That's interesting. Perhaps, but again, not sure. There are other alternative uh, explanations. Uh, one guy on YouTube told me. <laughs> <laughs> Just this guy on YouTube? Those are his credentials? He, like, I... I I didn't write it down, but um, essentially I got the gist of it. And I just, it's like a one sentence thing that I um, gathered. It just says that the world had reached an oversaturation of sound and is generating a mass accumulation of noise frequencies that people are now detecting. Huh. Yeah. Well. I think that is an interesting idea because I think if I recall, one of the earliest uh, cases was in the 50s. And this would have been a time that cars were being... um, pushed and sold and in just uh, well, and radio stations are popping radio up everywhere and and towers radio station towers so i don't know like there's a lot of atmospheric frequencies crossing and 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 you know what i mean like getting to places um and again it's not an unreasonable theory though. well yeah it includes like high pressure gas lines electrical power lines um just electromagnetic radiation, low frequency tremors, and wireless communication de- devices that are um, now would be more prevalent. And I guess if cases have risen because of those, uh, if there's if there was a graph um, of when these things were oops when and when these things were being pushed um, or being popularized, and then maybe these seeing a cases of uprising of the hum, then that would be cool to see. But I um, I didn't make a graph or anything. I didn't look up the history of each invention that would uh, create some sort of sound. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. If someone out there wants to do it, go ahead. So <laughs> so I, I have, have you gone through all your other theories? Because there's one I'm surprised I haven't heard yet. I have one more. Okay, tell me. Alien. That's the one I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's always some guy. There's it. always some guy who's like in his weird cage house unit. And he's just like... It's gotta be aliens. So everyone, do me a favor, put on your tinfoil hats because it's gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I actually didn't do a whole lot of research of the aliens, I'm not gonna lie. And this is the reason why, because it was just so vague and even when I was trying to look for it, I felt really almost guilty because it it was almost um, dismissive and disrespectful that there are some people that are suffering, whether or not it's tinnitus, it's bad enough for them in their heads that it's like, really, you're gonna fucking tell me it's aliens that I'm listening to? Right. But honestly, there are people who are saying like, you know, they're they're out there and they're sending these kind of uh, frequencies. We're well, not sending them, I should say, on purpose. But they're like, that's what the spaceships make, yeah, or but, something. But the idea that they have some way of transmitting frequency that we can't seem to detect seems a little bit weird. Because I mean, well, I, <laughs> I mean, 
me my knowledge of alien I think technology we've got is pretty, a pretty limited. good grasp of the realm of sound at least that mm. I don't know there's so many tests that could be done here I mean we no, could, wait, are you kidding me? There's so many sounds we don't hear that is every single No, way. that a human can't hear, yeah. but we have equipment that can detect it. Oh, you mean like capture So it. I'm more... I There's a lot of things going on here. I would love I would love to hear more about crazy tests that were done, like maybe maybe you set up seismographs, like we talk, talked about those earlier or whatnot. You, you go to like someone who can really hear it, and they say they mostly hear it in the morning, you get them out of their house and you set up all this equipment and you try to see that if there's some sort of frequencies that do change towards mm-hmm. the morning or something and you just see and maybe maybe there's nothing. Like, I think I feel really bad for these people if they're told um, that maybe their ears are wrong or, or that they're crazy or whatnot because they're probably suffering a special kind of hell. Yeah. And so I'd really like to help these people out. So I'm really curious, but, you know, my knowledge of even just audio equipment is so limited there's i i can't even think of all the kinds of tests that maybe we could try and maybe they were all tried mm-hmm. by the people from los angeles because these are smarter people this than was also me. in the 90s so i don't know what technology could be used now i don't we still we had uh, pretty honest, amazing audio equipment by the it, 90s i mean no no no. i understand that but i mean like that was an isolated incident and it was just yeah, a house and i don't think and it's it's very obvious when i was looking it up it doesn't seem like a lot of people are really doing everything they can with the resources that we have today to find out what's happening or like how to help them because they're being so dismissed by all these theories that i just told you yeah absolutely and so i think that like yeah it's it's rough (laughs) i really hope that when i turn 55 just i'm gonna be waiting from 55 to 70 and be like please no Please now, and then once I hit seventy one. Well, and, and and earlier, uh, it can so, happen any age though. Yeah. So. So just a few days ago, we were talking with one of our friends about how human hearing does change as we get older, and I don't have statistics oh, yeah. or facts to be able to put in front of me, but you know, I remember learning that um, super high frequencies you're more sensitive to when you're young, and as you get older, you lose the same level of sensitivity to those high frequencies, but you get more sensitive to lower frequencies frequencies. which is why earlier i was like tell me it's the Uh old people and that's kind of like if any of you were you know remember back when we had tube tvs you could hear that high-pitched screech when it turns on yeah like you you don't hear the tv but as soon as it turns on you're like someone turned on tv or if you ever have to like plug in your nintendo and you you're kind of behind the tv you really hear it back there um we don't really have tvs like that anymore but apparently adults weren't as sensitive to that some adults couldn't even hear but kids all every kid i knew could hear that noise and we try to describe it um but so I, a part of me was like maybe they're just getting really sensitive to a frequency but if they if it's a real frequency shouldn't we be able to detect what it is i don't know i think i think this whole thing's we crazy. should be like that's this. the thing that's what makes it scary mm-hmm. why can't we why can't we hear but it what if we're just hearing ghost spirits that are possessing our eardrums man taos is pretty haunted then <laughs> <laughs> is taos haunted i don't know I mean, that's i'm sto- sure there is the story i told you the other day that was right near taos it was just oh, north that's right. of taos. <gasps> aliens aliens <laughs> maybe they're hearing aliens oh, right nope tent aliens well right now i think we should get another round of drinks for ourselves Woo-hoo. because i've let's got i've got a story for you oh heck yeah all right so let's go get a drink okay and we'll be right back sounds good Welcome back. We now have uh, fresh drinks so that we can keep the night rolling. We have fresh shots in our tummies, too. <laughs> fresh shots in our tummies. <laughs> They're nice and warm and bubbly. They make me feel so good. All right. So it's not quite the end end of the episode, but that doesn't mean 
we're not ready for another end of episode encounter. Counter, counter, counter. <laughs> All right. So one of my favorite things about reading about alien sightings, UFO sightings, and everything like that is that for the most part, most of them seem to take place in the 20th century and to now. Mm-hmm. And most of them seem to be post-Roswell. It's like Roswell put the idea in people's minds. So I'm yeah. more interested in sightings of weird phenomena before Roswell because the further back you go, it's less likely that these people have these ideas mm-hmm. in their head. So with a little bit of research, which I'm not going to lie, had some Wikipedia involved, <laughs> I went back not just like 100 years. I went back... Like 500 years. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. And this is when it gets really interesting because what we have recorded of the moment is not very much, but it's also really bizarre. So these are two 16th century incidents that occurred in Europe. They were only four years apart and they were also very physically close, only about 450 kilometers away from each other. Um, so they were different towns. They were different towns, yeah. and we'll get to them. And so during the 15 and 1600s, numerous examples of these have been reported all over. So these are two well-talked-about points because they actually had images and showed up in the local newspapers at the time, mm-hmm. uh, which they actually called broadsheets or whatnot at the time. But history is full of all these weird occurrences that not many people talk about. And so it's pretty interesting. Um so the first one we're going to talk about is in 1561, the phenomenon over Nuremberg, Germany. Ooh, okay. So this took place around April 14th, 1561. Okay. So this is what was reported in their newspaper. At, I'm going to read a translation by, uh, if I, I'm going to butcher the name, but Ilza von Jacobi. Okay. Um, so this is, this is her translation of what was reported, quote... In the morning of April 14, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun. And then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates, and in the country by many men and women. At first there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood-red semicircular arcs, just like the moon in its last quarter. And in the sun, above and below, and on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a round ball of partly dull, partly black, ferrous color. Likewise, there stood on both sides, and a torus about the sun, such blood-red ones, and other balls in large number." About three in a line and four in a square, also some alone. In between these globes, there were visible a few blood-red crosses, between which there were blood-red stripes, becoming thicker to the rear, and in the front malleable like the rods of of reed grass, which were intermingled, among them two big rods, one on the right, the other on the left. And within the small and big rods, there were three, also four, and more globes." These all started to fight amongst themselves so that the globes, which were first in the sun, flew out to the ones standing on both sides. Thereafter, the globes standing outside the sun in the small and large rods flew into the sun. Besides the globes, back and forth among themselves and fought vehemently with each other for over an hour. And when the conflict in and again out of the sun was most intense, they became fatigued to such an extent that they all... As said above, fell from the sun down upon the earth as if they all burned. And they then wasted away on the earth with an immense smoke. After all this, 
there was something like a black spear, very long and thick, sighted, the shaft pointed to the east, the point pointed west. Whatever such signs mean, God alone knows. Although we have seen shortly one after another many kinds of signs on the heaven, which are sent to us by the Almighty God to bring us to repentance, we still are, unfortunately, so ungrateful that we despise such high signs and miracles of God." Or so speak to them with ridicule and disregard them to the wind in order that God may send us a frightening punishment on account of our ungratefulness. He keeps on going on mostly talking about God for a while after that. But I, <laughs> I, I think that... That's the crazy part. <laughs> he's talking about seeing spheres and rods that appear to be fighting in the sky. Blood it's red shapes and crescents. clearly God and the devil having well, a tiff. There's some weird stuff going on here. Okay, so you're, you're looking at this and you're like, whoa. This is this is absolutely weird. That's there, so there's creepy. also an image related to this. They, there was a drawing in the newspaper for this. I'm going to show Lily here in a second. You can find it online. But so normally you just be like, oh, this is just crazy talk, even though a whole bunch of people in Nuremberg saw this in the sky. So what would you say? Would you say like everyone and then everyone was talking about it? Like what's when did it, it what, what time? I mean, I it know it seemed to be a big to do. I know it's like during the day, <laughs> but like. It was early in the morning, early so I think morning. we're talking okay. around dawn. And that is a very important thing because it goes into some of the theories. Okay. Now, normally you'd just be like, okay, we have one crazy incident. Maybe we could just think people are crazy. However, like I said earlier, just a few years later and not very far away, another bizarre thing happened once again published in their newspaper. Mm-mm. So this was in 1566. And this was on, uh, in uh, Basel, which is a city in the northwestern area of what is now modern-day Switzerland. At oh. the time, it wouldn't have been Switzerland. It was like the old Swiss Confederacy. It was still part of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay. This took place on the 27th to the 28th of July, but also on the 7th of August. So this was over multiple days. Weird. Okay. And this was also seen by a boatload of people. We're not talking like one or two. This was seen by a bunch of people. And I don't have a source for who translated this one, but this is the translation of their broadsheet. And so, but but it was by Samuel Apiarius. I'm so bad. It's, and Samuel mm-hmm. uh, Cocius. <clears throat> so this is w- what they describe, quote, After the sun had shown warm on the clear, bright skies, and then around 9 p.m., it suddenly took a different shape and color. First, the sun lost all its radiance and luster and was no bigger than the full moon. And finally, it seemed to weep tears of blood and the air behind him went dark. And he was seen by all the people of the city and countryside in much the same way also the moon, which has already been almost full and has shone through the night, assuming an almost blood red color in the sky. The next day, Sunday, the sun rose at about six o'clock and slept with the same appearance it had when it was lying before. He lit the house's streets and around as if Everything was blood red and fiery. At the dawn of August 7th, we saw large black spheres coming and going with Mm. great speed and precipitation before the sun and chattered as if they led a fight. Many of them were fiery red and soon crumbled and then extinguished. End Hmm, quote. Okay. All right. So we have, like, the thing is, the, the second one almost just sounded like some bizarre visuals of the sun until all of a sudden he talked about these black spheres in a fight. So, I'm just curious here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
they're saying this happened like on the sun, like they can see. So they're staring at the sun. They're staring at the sky and <laughs> okay. the sun and everything. Just want to um, clarify, okay? And so I'm going to show you the. These are the first two images okay. describing the event. The top two images. Uh, ooh, what the fuck? That is a lot of dots. <laughs> it looks really weird, doesn't it? It looks so creepy. Yeah, that that's disturbing. I would recommend seeing it just because I can see the similarities, but like the interpretations. I mean, there's some bizarre drawings, too. I mean... I think maybe the rods... I don't know if they're maybe... If they were aliens, different spaceships, or just like the... You know, I'm not going to say anything. You tell me what's going so on. So there's a lot of... A <laughs> yeah, lot just of looking theories, at me like a smile. And we're, we're going to discuss those. Okay. All right, so there's a lot of different proposed explanations. And... Okay. See, the first thing I want to address, though, is the fact that I had never heard of this, and a lot of people hadn't heard of this. Like, this was mostly forgotten. You know, we didn't have the best record keeping back then, and even sure. though they were publishing newspapers and whatnot, you know, a couple generations down the line, this stuff would have been completely forgotten. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that actually brought this back to the attention of people was uh, Carl Jung, the psychologist, actually Weird. Okay. wrote about these instances, which actually brought it to the attention of a lot of people who had never even heard of it. And we're going to get to what his theories were, which I think are pretty interesting, but Ooh, okay. let's just start with the very obvious. <laughs> Ufologists, which <laughs> is such a weird term because it, it sounds like you have to like take a course sure. and pass a test to become an ologist. Maybe. I don't know. But not with this. So no. ufologists are people who like UFOs, and okay. that's pretty much it. Who just study it. So I'm pretty sure you can guess ufologists think aliens. Aliens. And not just aliens. They think that the people of both Nuremberg and Basel mm -hmm. witnessed a space battle in the skies above like them. Like Star Wars? Yeah. And <laughs> well, normally I would just breeze over this because it seems a little bit weird. But let's talk about it for a second. Space battle. So sure. why would a space battle be occurring over 1500s Maybe Earth? it's those same aliens that are trying to protect us. Oh, the ones who stopped then, the comet? And then they were like, these other aliens were like, no, just kill them. So that... Uh, theory. So, it's so, just a theory so, so, so that I made up now. Yeah, so if we pretend that they're <laughs> aliens, we're suggesting the idea that there is a level of protection over us. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah. One, it is kind of a comforting thought. It's kind of like we have all those um, uncontacted tribes, like in, in Papua New Guinea and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That they don't know what's happening in the rest of the world, and we mostly are leaving them to their own devices on sure. purpose. Um, but like every now and then... Reservation of But every now and then, you like know that. they see like a plane flying overhead. And so I, they, mean, I mean, they know what's up, though. They know. I'd like to think so, but... No, from what I understand, if I recall, like, in classes, they there know are no... That, no, they know that there's a world out there, but they have chosen purposefully to not Yeah, interact. but there are people who are being actually informed. Yeah. You know, they're aware of the situation. I'm not saying, like, up to date every single day or yeah. anything, but, yeah. But some of the stuff might still seem bizarre to them. But even then, so, if we think of it like we are a protected civilization and that there are aliens out there who care about us. Yeah. Like, who are the, not telling us of the rest of the Can we assume the war was like some aliens came and said, look at all these hyper-religious human factions. We need to destroy them because no good will come with another group of aliens. Like, no, but they have so much potential. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a Doctor <laughs> Who episode. It really does. All right. They're so, so young. <laughs> so this is what they think. And the thing is, if we take what we read at face value when they're describing these spheres that seem to be fighting each other and moving all around the place it actually sounds like a pretty crazy battle 
It does like it does sound like it. But yeah. at the same time, let's also think about the fact that this is the 1500s. How many of these people, what does a battle mean to them? The kinds of battles they have personally seen or heard about is very different from like the battles that we have seen. Like we're talking yeah. about aerial spacecraft. They don't they didn't have planes then, obviously. Sure. So their vision of a battle is definitely going to be very different interpretation than what our vision of a battle would be too yeah i i think yes and no i feel like i don't know when i think of battle i think two sides there's obviously this kind of chaotic of course um you know back and forth that's what it is and and as long as that's what they're seeing i'm i'm guessing it's more or less the same yeah i i don't mean to imply that they wouldn't understand that there was a conflict occurring but i think that if they were to see something and say it was a battle, it could very well not be a battle, but it's just the way they interpret it because they're used to a very specific form of battle. Yeah, sure. But anyway, so let's go to the other explanation. So Carl Jung, who I mentioned, was the guy, the the psychiatrist who kind of brought this to our attentions. Psychologist? Uh, yeah, Carl Jung. He was, uh, he was a oh, student oh, yeah, of uh, Freud. Um, and he had the ideas of like the collective unconscious and everything like that. He's, oh, cool. you know, okay. he, uh, he described it as likely natural phenomena occurring, but it was interpreted by the people with either heavy religious or military context influencing what they saw. Sure. So essentially what we just said, his idea was we were probably, they probably saw something, some sort of natural phenomena was occurring, but because of their heightened uh, opinions on military and religious events they just imbued that meaning they upon interpreted what it they as best saw. ways they could right yeah and and i mean if we think about what this is like the 1500s this was a very religious period in europe mm-hmm. i mean um this was when the holy roman empire was essentially disappearing at this point but yeah christianity devout christianity was pretty much prevalent throughout europe and it was a very strong uh, driving force to a lot of the people at the time so it would be really hard to assume that they didn't see this and not see some sort of religious context to it and so it might be very easy for them to interpret things that they're seeing with that religious context i mean that seems obvious to me i mean religion war you know we're not far off from today so i think uh more or less that's exactly how we visualize you know yeah so one theory is that this is so funny because it's kind of what we talked about in the last episode is that they might have witnessed a meteor shower, a massive meteor shower. Sure. The kind that was so bright you could start to see it because they, you know, some of these were happening in the early morning or late yeah. at night. So it was just when the sun was low enough in the sky that yes. things like meteors and whatnot coming in, you could start to see. And it, it would kind of explain when they saw like burning and smoking and disappearing and everything in spheres yeah. and whatnot. So that maybe it would. It would appear very differently. At this moment, though, we don't have any direct correlation to whether or not there should have been a meteor shower at the time. It's really hard to say because, you know, it was so long ago. We don't know what was happening in the night sky too yeah, much. I mean, of course. We, with the exception of people like Galileo and whatnot who were reporting what they were saying, different parts of the world were going to see different things. Yeah. Here's another theory, and this is the one I like the most, is that <laughs> what was happening was there was a massive solar flare or a super flare oh cool and what also occurred was what's called a coronal mass ejection and that is where there's a release of plasma and the magnetic field from the sun this has been recorded to happen before the last time it happened was that we know was called the carrington event 
mm-hmm. September 1st in 1859. There was a okay. coronal mass ejection. It was so massive that uh, we noticed it here because all our uh, telegraph machines and everything stopped working. Oh, and wow. we they theorize now if another one happened now, it could completely destroy cell networks internet it could destroy electronics people's tvs could break and i don't mean like they'd stop working i mean they break permanently like this it's it's a huge amount of energy and just kind of scrambles everything up but the thing is when these coronal mass ejections occur other weird things also occur and become more prevalent such as what the auroras that people can see oh okay oftentimes they can be larger brighter and seen considerably further south than they normally would be so instead of being up in iceland you could be considerably further south like nuremberg and all of a sudden you're seeing really weird Lights and... uh, Yeah, atmospheric events that are just absolutely bizarre. And so this could explain why the sun looked a little bit different. Weird stuff started happening. Um, I like this idea (laughs) because it actually sounds reliable. I mean, we had one 100 and... 50-ish years ago, I mean, who? how would we know if we had one in the 1500s? Yeah. They wouldn't have any way to measure it. I like it, but... And I I feel like that's very possible, obviously, but... I don't know, like, some of the descriptions of what the people were saying, and I know it's all interpretation. All the spheres and rods is weird. But the rods and the spheres, like, the... And so I'm just like, I don't know, it doesn't really sound like an aurora borealis of some sort. So, like, I would never, I think if they were going to describe it, like, oh, like, a river in the sky or something like that. Because those but, things existed as well. And like, we're actually going to get back to that, though. There's okay. there's something relevant to that. So we'll get back to that in a second. Now, another explanation, which I really like, is called... And this is what a lot of people think actually happened in the uh, the Basel incident. And that is what's called a sundog or a parhelion. And that is an atmospheric optical phenomenon in which sunlight is actually reflecting off of airborne ice crystals in the sky oh i've seen those yeah, yeah. And i mean so, i've seen those like um, on it YouTube. creates the illusion of multiple suns yeah and they usually you know go along a horizontal line so you can sometimes see like three suns at once and they're as bright as the sun but sometimes you also see a weird halo disc mm-hmm. around it which kind of makes like this yeah no i totally have seen it it gives like crescents and all these weird yeah. feelings and sometimes it comes with the sun looking so dull, you can actually look directly at it in the sky. Okay. Um, and I know she says she's seen it, but I am showing her a picture now, a really badly printed picture <laughs> that was taken recently of one where yep, you can see like three suns. That's exactly suns. what I've seen. Yeah. It's yeah. So incredibly bizarre. Right. I. And it's real. We we've we have photographs. People have seen this. Oh, this exists. We have video. Yeah. This yeah. exists. This happens. And you can it go on looks, YouTube. I recommend it. It looks science fiction. And there's a chance this is what they saw. Okay. Uh, now, ice crystals, it's a little weird because these things are happening in, like, August. Like, the warm seasons. But, you know, the the temperatures and whatnot could be different. I didn't actually look it up online, but you have, like, the mini ice ages and stuff that yeah. happen where things get cold. So we don't know what the te- – I don't know what the temperature was. I'm sure I could look it up, and I should have, and I feel dumb that I didn't. But it's it, – the idea that when, when uh, it was described in one of them that they saw, like – crescents and the sun seem to like look different this could be an explanation for that now when i saw the video of it it just looked like stag not stagnant i like still it looked it looks still it's not moving it's not moving it's not having this epicness that i feel like people are describing it's not active absolutely absolutely so then there is the theory that 
it had to do with humidity and smoke. Hmm. So at the time, people might not have been very aware of what smoke and humidity does to the sun. I mean, I've driven through very humid parts of the U.S., and when the sun is low, not only does it look red and dull, and you can look directly at it, but you see weird aberrations and warped effects from it. Yeah. And smoke can do that too. Heavy smoke in the skies. We've, as we've learned since the U.S. has been on fire for <laughs> many months this year, um, at the time they would have known smoke could have caused that. So yeah. there could have been areas that uh, heavy levels of smoke or humidity at the time that would have been atypical. So a lot of people were seeing something they had never seen for the first time. Okay. Um, it doesn't explain spheres it or anything explain, like this. That does not explain the object. No, exactly. Yeah. It's really important to know that. To, to note, rather, that these were really turbulent times. There was a lot of fighting going on. There was a lot of unrest with the people. And that during this time, over the next hundred years, there was a lot of sky phenomenon reported. Hmm. Lots and lots oh, okay. of it. Including multiple instances of people claiming to see knights. like And I mean knights with a K, like armored knights fighting in the sky. And this was reported regularly what? during the early 17th century during the Thirty Years' War. So over over okay. generations of people were seeing weird stuff in the sky. And these were crazy times. So what's going on here? So we can also just acknowledge that these could all just be lies. This could just be things that people say. Mm-hmm. People tell stories and everything like that. We can always accept that they could be lies. But where's the fun in that? It's important to note, though, that I gave a lot of different explanations for these things, but a lot of them don't cover all the explanations. Right. I felt like that when I was telling you about the hum. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. So my favorite explanation is, can't it be several of these? Because what if you had smoke in the sky and a coronal mass ejection and seeing things like the parhelion? All this stuff happening in a very specific time where they all happen at one time is when they report seeing weird shit. Yeah. And so I like the idea that it was a bunch of phenomena occurring at the same time. Are we bunching aliens with that one? I'm not counting the aliens. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, like, if only one of these things was happening, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I like that idea. That would be... The craziest guy. But it's also why we only saw it once or twice in a thousand years. Yeah. However. But not all at once. Like some of these we would only see every once in a while. But uh, but I want to also mention one thing. So we're he- we're reading these accounts and we saw these artistic interpretations of what happened. It was so long ago. It's really important that we try to bring all that into context and a guy who I'm going to mispronounce his name, uh, it's uh, Kaushik Potawari. Uh, he wrote an article on the Amusing Planet site where he looked into this. And it's that one of the images of this event, the event that was in Nuremberg, was illustrated by a guy named Hans Glosser. He deduced that Hans Glosser was not the most reliable creator of visual representations. <laughs> He looked at a lot of the stuff that this guy created. At one point, oh, he was no. even banned from creating certain imagery. <laughs> um, in He's one of his psycho. interpretations of the phenomenon that we know for a fact was an aurora, he interpreted it in his image as hellfire raining down from the sky. Okay. It's not necessarily sensationalist, but he was unquestionably influenced by the religious overtones of the time. Okay, so it 
I'm not gonna lie, when I see images or like videos of it, it does look like, you know, the the way it's like moving and flowing and stuff. It kind of looks like things are raining down on you. No, absolutely. Although you're very much aware you're it's not because yeah. it's not. But yeah, like I guess if he's like you mentioned, uh, influenced with whatever religion, he's gonna be. <laughs> interpreting that in somehow to fit in the Bible or something, right? No, no, absolutely. But I think it's also important to say that if he's creating an image and it could be so different from what actually happened, just imagine that writers could do it too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very important to note that what we're reading that they wrote down, you can't interpret it as like an eyewitness account they- that's done with facts and specific things i mean they're using words like spheres and whatnot and they're using they're describing things they've never seen but i mean a lot of these people didn't like if we go to the meteor idea they don't know what a meteor is and a lot of meteors do look like burning spheres moving very fast across the sky and so but they describe them as black spheres and meteors are usually very bright so i'm very torn by this because it's such an amazing story with so many cool things that you don't see reported. And they're not saying aliens because they don't, these people, the idea of an alien probably hadn't occurred to them yet. I'm not saying people didn't know or think about the idea of aliens back then, but it definitely wasn't common knowledge like it is now. It's not sensationalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we're seeing is something definitely happened in the sky. Guaranteed. And also like how you mentioned, um, now, I don't know the history of this, but like newspapers and stuff where we use newspapers, at least the intent is to provide information that Absolutely. are factual, hopefully. And uh, whereas back in the day, maybe when they say newspaper, they mean stories, yeah. that, like things that are occurring around, but maybe they're like, let's make that entertaining. Yeah. And so they could have very easily just made it more, uh, more than what it was. Absolutely. Yeah. But I definitely think something bizarre happened. Something that I absolutely something wish I could have seen myself. obviously happened. Yeah. With their language, I don't think anyone alive today has seen what they've seen. Even the explanations, like the Sundog one, might explain certain elements of it, but not all of them. I think these people got to see something bizarre. Now, could it be explained with natural phenomena? I think it probably would be. At least my brain wants to say it would be. But there's also just so many just intricacies the things, about their black spheres and and the rods and all these weird things and the and the weeping red blood and everything. Is it poetic? That one got me. I don't know why that really yeah, grossed me out. Is it poetic license or did they see probably one of the coolest special effects presentations <laughs> ever before computer animation existed? Oh like, my gosh, yeah. To this day, as someone who is skeptical about the idea of UFOs, this is these are two of the most interesting stories I've read. They are exciting to me, yeah. and I want to know more. I about just them. wish that we can go back and see it, because then I can be like, "Well, wow, that is such a meteor shower. You guys are such <laughs> drama-, drama queens. Like, <laughs> calm down." <laughs> what do you mean, y'all ain't never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind for? Same thing, yo. Yeah, same thing. Exactly. Oh my god, it is so crazy. No, I really like those stories. That was really informative. And that, my friends, is the end of our encounter. Counter. <laughs> that is the end end because <laughs> that's think that, all i got for you that's all i have i think that was sufficient information to give people some sort of doubt in their minds of what the hell the world is happening like what yeah, is going neither, on either this your story or my story have any good explanations at this moment <laughs> there's theories and i want to comfortably say oh yeah this is just natural phenomenon but there's just enough weird stuff on your hum and my weird spheres in the sky that I'm like a little uneasy. It's like we know even less about this planet. 
I mean, I definitely am going to put this on my, if I had a time machine and I had like a top 10 places I was going to be able to visit real quick. This is on oh, that wow. list. Oh, wow, it made your list? It's on the top 10 list, but it might be number 10 because there's a few <laughs> things I need to there's see. There's a lot of things I want to do before. Yeah, my top 10 list actually has like 300 things on it, so <laughs> it's the worst top 10 list ever. It's, just, it's um, rotating constantly. But yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to have next week. It's very likely going to be much more recent than... 500 years ago yeah but, you know we'll see we'll see maybe my story will be super old i don't know i wanted to have ghosts it's been too long we need more ghosts oh i have We're only I have episode plenty. four but i i need more ghosts you need more ghosts okay i'll bring the ghosts don't worry bring the ghosts <laughs> awesome well i really appreciate you guys listening um you can again you can follow us on instagram Facebook, Twitter. Although I will say it's not active, so you can try following us, but nothing's going to happen. We're figuring <laughs> we're them out. We're still not doing it's, anything it's, with it. It's a learning experience <laughs> for sad. us. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I just like that the only Facebook account we actually own is this, because like we don't go on Facebook. But well, we'll we have it. Facebook accounts. We I just we apparently forgot our passwords. I have no idea what mine is. <laughs> anyway. Haven't logged in in like forever. But yeah. yeah, it's been years. So yeah, you guys should definitely. Uh, at least follow our Instagram or Twitter because we'll be able to post when there's no episodes. Yeah, that's actually true. And also, um, streaming. We're streaming in different services now, so feel free to use your apps and make it easy for you to get a little freaked out when you're on your way to work or if you're doing some awesome dishes and you're like, wow, I'm really bored. Let's listen to some (laughs) Some alien stories. Yeah, (laughs) I'm about to go do some awesome dishes. I'm just going to clean the hell out of this. Yeah, Uh, so for sure. I hope you guys continue to drink i know we will yeah we're not done for that we are not we're, we're not done yet and this episode might be best listened to tomorrow because remember the best cure for a hangover is, is fear. fear bye bye